Spawn on Me is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn of Me podcast with the host, Kylie Fadams with the DOB. I hope you are all doing well. Hope you're having a wonderful vacation. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday. You're with loved ones and are doing your thang thang under the almost mistletoe. I'm sure you still have some turkey gravy on your shirt. Please get that fixed. Go get that cleaned up. It is gross. And please use some fabric softener on the way out of that washing so that you can have smooth, wonderful clothes touching your naked body. <laughs> Hope you all do it well. Hope you're having a fun time. Uh, massive love to you all. We had a couple of weeks off um, that I needed to take. I just needed a break from making stuff. Uh, it was nice to have a couple of weeks off to not think about doing a show or you know what topics we were going to talk about. And, and to be honest, there weren't a lot of things in the gaming space to really discuss over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we're so ramping up for Spawny, so that's taking up a lot of my extra time. And it's been nice to just kind of like sit home and game and play stuff because there's been a lot of stuff to play. Um, uh, if you missed last week's episode, not last week, not, if you missed the last episode uh, with Kim Palster over from the PlayStation uh, side of the fence, you missed a really good conversation about, you know, what are the perceivable things uh, from humans and players that we care about versus the things that a lot of folks in the community kind of dig into and, and think about and espouse as being the things that really matter. Frame rates, frames per seconds, mega flops, tega, teraflops, uh, <laughs> frames per second, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was great to be able to talk to Kim about like, you know, how he sees it for as a technologist and, and all of those things and, and have a lot of those conversations um, really be spoken about uh, in a really smart way uh, this week. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I'll talk a little bit about um, some of the games that I've been playing. Um, and well, I think that I've been digging into from a conversation perspective, which has been AI art which has been a very, very uh, controversial and contentious one uh, that we've seen on the internet over the past couple of months. Uh, you know, you have two basic factions within this conversation. You have artists who feel, who feel like and are sharing the sentiment that a lot of the algorithms and a lot of the ways that some of these uh, pieces of technology work uh, are based on theft uh, of other artists' work and other... Uh, you know, uh, you know, formulas and, 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 you know, theft of, you know, what artists have built and have spent a long time learning and honing their craft on while other folks are saying, well, this is new technology and new technology is uh, always on the move. And it's going to be kind of a, 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 a part of the equation of technology moving forward that someone is going to find a way to pull in some of these conversations and some of these pieces of data um, and make other stuff, uh, make art, make uh, facsimiles of art, make references of art that people who can don't who don't have art artistic talent can use to make new pieces of works or, or or make new works or make new masterpieces or, or, or pieces of stuff that they love and, and and find to be called art as well um i have been you know 
watching this conversation for a couple of months uh it's kind of resurged uh, there's been a resurgence of of more people talking about it of late because of the Lenza app that has been getting a lot of love um, in social media spaces. You've seen a lot of folks making their uh, you know Twitter avies and other pictures of themselves with this app and what it does is it takes these uh ai algorithms that are being fed some of these information some of this information and some of these other pieces of art from other artists um and generating um art in those styles or 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 pulling together and remixing um things through prompts that you would just use so you can basically say like show me a picture of the joker fighting batman on a city roof and it will pull together from all of the things that it has pulled into or been fed a facsimile of what that scene would be and a lot of times that scene and that output has been pretty interesting and pretty spot on and really gorgeous and sometimes not um but it's been a really wild conversation that we've seen on the internet around what's happening um not only from the folks who are very excited about this new kind of technology which shortens the gap between art and artists um and giving the kind of like um level playing feel for people to 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 make art um and on the other end of that spectrum, you have artists who are basically saying you're feeding this this beast all of our work and our collective works and our collective talent without paying us, without giving us attribution and without finding a way to compensate us for all of the hard work and all of the things that we have learned over the years and who's going to use us when you can go to a computer and get an output of something that resembles something that we've made in less than a minute um it's really fascinating i think you know one of the things that i have been thinking about a lot when it comes to this is been you know what is the role of art what is the role of the artist what is the role of technology what are the ways that those things overlap what's the venn diagram look like of all of those things and to a certain extent you know as a layman and as a person who would be on that other side of the fence who's a not artistic person is there merit in this thing being in the ecosystem at all um i have been using and been playing around because i got curious about some of this stuff i remember seeing uh nvidia put out something called nvidia canvas a couple of months ago or some months ago like early in the year and a lot of the technology that they had been talking about was you know how you'll be able to create pieces of artistic work by using rudimentary tools across a very blank canvas and blocking out what you want a scene to look like and having AI generate what that thing has been. We've seen lots of conversations over the past couple of years around AI generating things like deep fakes um, and the danger that potentially lies in that conversation. The conversation about like, what does it mean for computers to do the work of humans? We've seen a lot of that in, you know, our political sphere where and, and we've seen a lot of that in terms of conversations around labor because, you know, the robots are coming for our jobs is 
and has been a part of a conversation that's happened for a while now. Uh, but it hadn't really infused itself into the art world, into the kind of gaming space until very, very recently, or at least in the last year or two. Um, and it's it's an interesting conversation. I'm looking to reach out to some folks who I know who are artists to see not only, you know, the fears that they have, but the potential for if they feel like there's any merit for any of this stuff. I think the, the conversation around theft and, attri- and attribution is fairly well known. I think that that version of that conversation, I'm actually less curious about because it just makes sense. If you make a thing, you should get credit for it. If you make things that you have worked really hard for to, to learn and to build and to hone a craft, you should be compensated for that stuff. I am a person who you know commissions work often to be to be done for spawn on me so like i am not a person who doesn't understand that if you want to you know have someone you know perform labor that you need to pay for that thing and on that side of the fence like yeah i am completely in the same boat with a lot of those folks who were like yo there's going to be some conversations that need to be had about crediting the artists for doing stuff the thing that I have found to be a little bit troublesome is these this like burn it with fire attitude that comes along with that. Like, yes, I know that there's a layer of that that feels very scary where the want to hold on to your craft is very, very important to you. And the idea of, you know, this taking away your livelihood is one that feels very close to home. I don't. I don't know how to parse that layer of that out in a real way. I'll be honest. I am not an artist in that way. I'm a person who couldn't draw to save my life. You saw what happened on the Spawnies with the Pictionary stuff. It was bad. But I think as a person who loves technology and a person who is trying to figure out good ways to find really good, really good tools to build things, um, I found that, you know, me playing around with apps like Dolly and Midjourney have been really, really cool. It's been a really fun experiment where, you know, I have put in prompts for certain things and it has come out and given me something even better than I could have expected. It's given me, you know, beautiful pieces of content that I get to use or look at or display. And, you know, it, it pulls back to a larger conversation that I don't want to dig into because I think it doesn't hold a lot of, I don't think it holds a lot of weight, the conversation about like, what is art? Because uh, that is so subjective that it's like we'll be on this podcast for 44 days trying to figure out like what the answer to that question is when I do have a philosophy about what I think art is. And I think to a certain extent, I think the thing that I found to be weird about the artists who have been the most vocal about don't use AI art and don't make any and don't share it and all that kind of stuff has been I've learned a ton of information about art that I would have never delved into without this AI art kind of community growing and sharing some of the 
inspirations that they have found or art styles that they have found and have been like, can you make something in this style for me? And it's opened me up to be way more curious about some of those layers of the conversation in a way that, you know, if I didn't have art, if I, you know, if you don't have artist friends who are, and you're not talking about art in that way, most people don't have a grasp on like what art styles are coming from who, unless it's something that is very, very popular. Like if you say Warhol, people kind of know what you're saying. You say Jackson Pollock, then people kind of understand what those things evoke. But if there are, you know, other parts of or an other artists who you've never heard of and you're like, holy crap, where did that come from? AI art has been a really cool space to learn. And I think it's been really interesting to see um, artists kind of not embrace the curiosity level in a world where artists are not treated well, not compensated well, and often are at the end of the the spectrum when it comes to, you know, uh, people wanting to commission people's works because commissions are expensive. Commissions cost a lot of money and they should because, again, it's an artist taking time to dig into their brain and find inspiration and, and do a lot of that work. But I feel like there's been this interesting bounce back and like pushback against curiosity, at least in the stuff that I'm seeing on social media that I found to be a little bit troubling as well, where, yes, I can understand. And again, I agree with the conversations that are being had around attribution and about compensation and about all of those things. But it is this the way the message is being delivered currently is super, super bad. It's like, let me beat you over the head about a thing that I feel really, really uh, strong about and then expect you to be persuaded to want to deal with that and to want to like engage with me or art in that way. It feels like someone is saying, come hug me, but like hug me when my body is full of razor blades. Right. It's like, I want you to be close to me and I want you to, I want you to understand the work that I do in a real intimate way. But if you play around with things that are not made in the ways that I think you should, you're an asshole for doing it. And that part to me is the thing that is like, I want people to understand how to make a persuasive argument. It, because it just feels like you're telling people that they're shitty for enjoying a thing. And while saying like, yes, there are some dire consequences to potentially the road that this could lead to without giving people the ability to even be engaged with the thing initially and make inform their own opinions before telling them that they ain't shit. It's a weird way to do it. Like I get it and I understand it from a, you know, save my job perspective but it's also just like it's it just feels like that's not the way humans work if you want to get people on your side from a conversational standpoint around a fact that you care about so it's like that layer of the conversation is is way off um and and super weird um the other layer of that conversation that moves towards the you know, the folks on the other side of the fence that are, you know, making all of these AI prompts and all of these uh, algorithms is like, again, if you're not paying attention to the plight of the artist, you're not really supporting the artist in that way. That's a negative. Um, and if you're selling stuff in that space, that is, you know, again, coming from art that is generated 
that could also be problematic in a lot of different ways too because again you're not you're, you're cutting out the middle band who is the artist in in all of those things so it winds up being a really weird conversation that i i, I don't know where it's going to land for most folks you know the conversation about like you know do i think it's art do do i support it i i would say yeah like i think you know I think there are lots of parts of the conversation that go alongside these moments where there's a rubber hits the road part that I think is important to acknowledge and understand. There is a how do humans work part that people miss all the time. There is also a can you engage with a thing with also not feeling like you need to be berated for engaging with a thing publicly. Because I think that's a part of it too, right? It's like you have a lot of people, me, myself included, where it's like, well, look, I want to have larger conversations about this in those public forums and on those public forums. But currently, the way that people look at you and shade you for even broaching conversations makes it less exciting to dig into the minutia of any of the any of the layers publicly. It just makes people want to turtle and if they're going to do stuff with it they're just going to do it behind closed doors and talk about it with their friends and do that kind of stuff but you wind up missing out on a lot of really potentially cool conversations and angles because people are or people like will jump into your mentions and tell you you're a ter terrible human being for just engaging with a thing which is a whole other conversation about just like group thinking how people kind of move on social media and, and on all those kinds of things, which I also think is a negative thing because people will ascribe a certain layer of who you are based on the engagement or who, who the people are that you, you know, talk to, or if you have an exchange with a person about a thing, or you have an exchange where you shared a thing that isn't connected exactly to what they believe, then you're automatically not having a difference of opinion. You're a terrible human being, which I think is, a really weird and fucked up thing that we do on, on social media and, and as a part of the, the kind of breaking down of the discourse layer that we see happening all the time in these spaces. Um, I think of art as anything that makes you or gives you a feeling that you can, you know, that, that evokes feeling in you, right? So it's like, you know, that movie, that commercial, any of that stuff, all of that things, that's art. Like, I think that there are parts of that that people will kind of gatekeep um, because it's like it's not done by the usual kinds of vectors that we usually see. We think of art as only being done by humans. But I think a lot of times that we've seen conversations and, and, and things evolve over the past decade or, or decade plus. I think we all have to be a little bit more malleable about what we have thought of as the most strictest strictest of rules about things that we believe and things that we see and things that we know, right? So I think like, can a computer make art? Absolutely, I think a computer can make art. I think everyone is inspired by everything. And I think the fact that people are removing the inspiration layer from any of that is wild computers can't think for themselves yet we are f always feeding computers with information 
and those information and that information is being parsed out by computers to do whatever the things that we are asking them to do. Those computers are also made by other humans where inspiration and imagination were at the forefront of those creations. So it's like to say that AI art is an art because it was made by a non-human feels silly to me. It feels like it is it is it is uh putting the 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 ideas around emotion and e um imagination within this weird box that it doesn't need to be in um in that part to me is something that's weird like i've seen things generated from my time within mid journey that i would have never seen in other formats right and i think yes they are probably an amalgam of again all of these people and all of these things that that algorithm has seen. And I think that that's also okay. It's like, it's like asking people, you know, for the thing that you made, did you make that thing in a vacuum? And we all know that the answer is no. Like, you know, did you, did you, that thing that you made the other day, was there anything ever that inspired you that you can speak to that you can cop to and be like, yeah, that part, that, that thing that I saw when I was 10 brought about some emotion that helped me to think about the way that I make art in this very specific way. I think most artists will tell you yes to that. But now that the inspiration machine is no longer a human or a, a human being in, in, in the form that we know to be human, but being fed human ideas and things that are there, things that we have made as humans, language, uh, you know, images, we are capturing things at the speed of light with our phones, with everything that we see, with technology moving at breakneck speeds. It's inevitable that the machines are going to learn from the things that we feed it. But it's also been very, very interesting to see that, like a lot of folks in the artist community, haven't talked about, haven't heard the 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 the, the, the dig deep down conversation about inspiration and why inspiration and imagination are left out of this individual conversation about this one piece of technology. And again, this is not a thing that I am like staunchly like I dying on the hill of AI art. I'm not, I think this is going to be another thing that happens and then it changes and it morphs. And then hopefully there'll be some regulation around it to kind of give, you know, artists what they are asking for. We've seen this happen in the music space with sampling. Sampling was a huge no, no for a long period of time until, companies got together and said look you have to you know build some rules around this that'll that'll make it safe for the artist to be able to do what they do um and i think that this art will get there at some point too do i think this is the end of artists no do i think you should still commission people to make cool shit if you think it's cool yeah like spend your money and you can do both like i don't think this is an either or conversation i think this is a yes and conversation right where it's like, oh, I want to play around with this AI generator and see what it spits out with this thing I had in the back of my mind and it made this really cool picture and I hung that thing on my wall and that's dope. If you're putting that thing into contests, 
we've seen that happen. There was a conversation that got people really upset and because an artist put in a AI generated piece of art into a contest and won it. That that's that's shitty. But at the end of the day, I don't think this is going to remove artists from the pipeline. I don't think this is going to remove people who you know and see doing cool stuff every day from wanting to continue to make cool stuff or you know having people pay for their cool stuff this feels very much like the conversation of the motion picture versus the the still image where every photographer was like oh my god this is going to be the end of everything that we've ever done because people are making movies now and i'm like it feels a little bit like really important conversations that are wrapped in a sky is falling layer and that to me is the part that always pushes me away from the the like angriest parts of the community who are having those conversations externally i'm just like look tell me how you feel i get it tell me the solutions that you can see potentially being worthwhile that makes more sense to me and that's the thing i care about is it too early for some of that probably but don't make it seem like people are uh, people are anti-artist for engaging with a thing don't make it seem like people are against artists for being curious about a thing that they see as a new technology that is fucking mind-blowing this is the stuff that when we were when we were kids this is stuff that we hoped that we would wind up seeing though and it's wild to me to see like people be like no 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 this is all bad when I just don't think this everything is ever all bad. There are some well, that's not true. There are some things that are that are all bad all the time, <laughs> and that's real. But when it comes to these layers of stuff, the thing that I see is the prevalent energy is burn everything with fire, as opposed to let's be curious, let's examine it, let's try to figure out ways to wrangle it in in a reasonable way, and let's potentially see if there's any space in here that we can use as artists to build upon and add to our own tool set as opposed to everyone having this scarcity mindset and being like everyone is taking everything away from me all the time everything is terrible all the time the scarcity mindset layer is just super bothersome to me and i don't know what to do with that part so um you know, there's been a lot of conversations around like the efficacy, not the ethics behind it. The everybody's putting their face in this app, and you know what they're gonna do with that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I give my, I give so much of myself away every day, and I have over the past decade plus of me wanting to promote anything I've ever done, and so have you. You carry the the worst thing that you have in your on your person every day that is giving up more of your information is not the Lenza app. It's the thing that holds your Lenza app. <laughs> your phone is the worst thing you can have on your person if you're worried about privacy, worried about intellectual property, worried about giving away stuff. Every time you take a selfie and post that shit on Instagram or post it on wherever you post it because you were cute, you are fucking it up 
in the same ways that you're being mad at people for enjoying themselves with the with the with the technology that they have. We are all complicit. We are all hypocrites. We are all using technology every day to give up a lot of information that you don't want to give up every day. So that layer of the conversation feels like bullshit to me because I'm just like, we are constantly doing that work for all the evil entities that we, we bitch moan and complain about. We are, it, we are offering ourselves up every day for most of the stuff that we also fuss about and sell everyone else that is evil and they should watch out for. So like I would be more, I'd be more sympathetic if people were just honest about that layer of it and be like, yeah, I'm a hypocrite and I'm an asshole, but also buy my, buy my shirt. Like I'm okay with that. That makes sense to me. But like people who are like on this high horse about, the the privacy layer of all of this stuff that's that that should you can't put that genie back in the bottle that's that that genie is gone unless you're going to do the work of of scrubbing all of your work all of the stuff that you're promoting of your own work in your own art on 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 uh any website or any any portfolio site like you are helping the ai find your shit and other people are helping them find your shit because they are thinking about and, and mentioning your stuff or they, because they might like your work are referencing some of that stuff in the same conversation. So I think it's, I think it's an interesting space that we find ourselves in. I do want to hope that again, there is a space that people have found to, bridge that gap between the technology layer and the hearts and minds layer because i think that those are very very important and i and i hope that we don't for the sake of fear kill a thing before it has a chance to live in a in a potentially cool way so yeah, that's my thoughts about the AI stuff. I think it's been real wild to see the energies that people have been putting out and putting towards other people. Um, you know, and if you come at me wrong on Twitter, I'm going to just not respond to you. Because <laughs> it's like, I put out a tweet. Uh, this is Sunday night. So I put out a tweet. I was like, hey, if there are artists who are really like excited about stuff, so let me, can you please like tell me? Like, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it. And I had a deluge of people being like, this shit is stuff and you're a terrible human being if you use it. And I was like, uh, that's not a way to persuade me. Like, you need, you need to do better in ways that you persuade people before you try to roll up on them like that. Because the assumption is that people don't know. And the assumption is that people, um, are going to rock with that in that same way in the energies you have. And I'm sure that that's a problematic thing, but it's also like you have to understand how humans work and you have to understand that like humans for the most part are going to do what the hell they want to do. And if you can find a really persuasive argument, then you have a good place to land. And I think that's a part of the conversation that often gets missed anyway. Uh, Last thing real quick before we jump up out of here for this episode. We've been doing some short episodes because I think, again, we're in the, the end of the year. Uh, Game Awards is this week. You know, Jeff Keighley's doing his thing, killing it. Thursday night, we'll see, you know, what new world premieres come out, what good stuff is in that mix. 
Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of fun conversation that's going to come up after that. So we'll have a really fun show the week after once we find, find out who won in the game awards. Um, Callisto Protocol came out this week uh, and has a lot of up and down reviews, which is something that I was a little bit worried about. Um, I was hoping that the thing was just going to get super high marks across the board, but it sounds like there's a lot of issues uh, with the game in particular. Um, Midnight Suns also came out, and I haven't started that either. I'm going to be starting both of those games this week, uh, but I'll be gone uh, away for work uh, this week, so we won't have a episode until later in the week. Uh, so hopefully we'll have uh, lots of things to talk about in terms of those conversations. Um, but, um, there's been a lot of fun stuff that I've been playing. I've been playing a lot more DMZ, playing a lot more, uh, call of call of duty, uh, really jumping back into overwatch super heavy. Um, and went back to Fortnite again, uh, especially after the new season has started and they've really done a fantastic job and have now talked about how they have moved. Fortnite into Unreal Engine 5.1 and I have to say it is a gorgeous and stunning change to what that game initially was and where it was when we first saw that game kind of come onto market and what they've been able to do from a technology standpoint now it has been just like I never thought that we would get to a spot where we would see lighting and effects like this in a game that you can play on your console. This stuff feels next gen in the ways that we had talked about what next gen is supposed to be. And that is a really fantastic kind of thing to remember is that we're still in year two of the next gen. And, you know, we've seen next gen be a lot shorter in terms of where things move and how they kind of have evolved and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And if we're now getting these kinds of adventures and this kind of beautiful, beautiful um, kind of tapestry that we see within these games, it's really, really cool to know that we're going to have a lot of stuff in that mix in a real way. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about real quick because I just thought about it. I was looking over at Kotaku and, and, and peeped something that, that sparked a quick conversation. We're gonna. I'm, I'm trying to find the folks from Need for Speed to come onto the show. Uh, Need for Speed uh, is very, very good. Need for Speed Unbound. We talked a little bit about this on a uh, conversation uh, last week or last episode. The game is now out and I got a chance to play it. Though I love everything about this game. The one thing I find to be a stickler for me is you have multiple characters that you can pick in your character selection screen but the voices that you can pick from are very very limited and it made me think about a much larger conversation that I think we've kind of delved into on our show around VO and VO that matches the characters that are in a game. And it brought up another layer of a conversation that we talked about, you know, we've had over the years on Spawn and Me around black checking. So if you're not familiar with black checking, black checking is a conversation point that happens in the black community where, you know, if the kind of, what's the best way to put this? If the, if there are layers of your 
uh, appearance or speech or, you know, how you present in the world don't match up specifically with the ideas around what blackness are. Some of those are, and most of those are very stereotypical. Then it winds up creating this, this, this rift between your perceive your your perception of blackness and what and bl- what blackness is, which is blackness is this all encompassing, you know, much broader space that we all occupy that really doesn't have a lot of actual boundaries to it. But we've, you know, because of ethnocentrism and Eurocentrism, we have ascribed some of the negative to our own uh ways that we perceive ourselves in the community so there's a character in this i was making my character and i made this young black man and his voice doesn't make him sound like what i would think a black character would sound like in that game or in life and it made me sit and think with that for a minute because i was like am i black checking a digital character because my idea of what a person who would live in an area that is where this game is set would be in this kind of space in this kind of underground you know um a fast and furious kind of underground racing scene would sound because he sounds like a very plucky kind of a plucky white kid but he's been you know rolling around with all these other 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 people who are in these spaces who i would think of who would be kind of you know more hood than he would be and it just reminds me of how dangerous that is but it also is a thing that pulls you out of the experience instantly so I'm trying to still figure out and parse out what's the middle ground here that makes a lot of sense, right? Do you look for something that is more stereotypical when you've seen so many gaming companies get those parts and lean into those and do that terribly? Or is this a, a reflection of what potential blackness can be in a video game with uh, again a character who is not generated by me it is a archetype of this street culture and was given a name and a look and an aesthetic and where do you kind of fit the 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 line in your own head of like what does blackness need to be within video game digital spaces do you need to have more people into into those VO sessions to kind of round out and f- make a fuller, longer, bigger and broader palette of what potential blackness can be or urbanness can be? Which I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. And then what does it mean when those things have that disconnect in your own brain? And do you need to rectify that? Or is that a thing that you just have to let kind of linger and sit? When you know that every time that person speaks, you're like, this character doesn't fit in the world that we're trying to build, at least to me. So it really brought home a lot of conversation pieces and a lot of thoughts. And I'd love to parse that out with some people at some point. But it was a really interesting thing to kind of sit and wonder and think about uh, while playing Need for Speed Unbound. Again, I'm trying to find some folks to come onto the show to talk about the game very soon. 
um because I, I really am digging it from uh just the gameplay standard of like i think need for speed is back in a big way because this game is like everything i had hoped for it's like auto modelista fast and furious need for speed heat all that stuff combined with one of the best soundtracks i've seen in a game in a very very long time so i think they're doing and hitting so many really dope points and 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 spaces and cool layers of what this game is and what could it what it could be but every time i hear that main character talk i'm like this dude is a was a herb <laughs> i'm like he doesn't feel like he fits at all in the world that they placed him in and it pulls me out of that experience so it's a thing that i'm thinking about it's a thing i'm really interested in and and, and really trying to poke poke my head around um, and and deal with that internal conversation that has now been shared with you all externally in that way. Um, last game I want to talk about before we get up out of here is Predecessor. I talked about this uh, on the previous episode of being really excited for it. I've been playing a ton of it and it feels exactly like I had hoped. Paragon or whatever the Paragon conversation was before it left is back. Uh, Omita Studios is doing a fantastic job of bringing that game back into a space that I care about. The, the characters feel good. The the base game feels good. It needs some tuning and some stuff there, but it is exactly what I hope to see from a uh, whatever a Paragon remake would be. Um, I'm just really excited to, to get more people together and play more of it and, and get better again and, 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 and to feel competent in playing a third-person MOBA like that again. But I feel like, you know, I'm excited to get those folks on the show to talk about the the... the journey to get back here because uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff about community you know what happens when you take a game that was kind of left on the shelf um, from a whole other team um, and you and your community are really you know passionate about that game and you want to see it relive um, and to see someone you know a lot of the folks who are in that studio come from community um, and build something that they are you know, reminiscent of what they hope to, to kind of pull back into the space is really fascinating. So I'm hoping to get those folks on the show at some point too. Um, we're going to be back next week. We'll have more conversations around the game awards uh, and some other stuff that's coming up very, very soon. Uh, lots of conversations around Spawnies are coming up uh, very, very soon. Cause we're uh, basically a month away uh, from a little bit, uh, a little bit over a month away. Um, from Spawnies going down in a real, real way, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, and yeah, we'll have more regular shows from this point forward. It's just a matter of getting in front of a microphone and getting and getting on the getting in the booth and, and making some dopeness stuff, dopeness happen for all of you there. Uh, some other questions and thoughts, real fast. I'm thinking about pulling in a Discord again. Uh, so working with some folks to build that uh, so have that in the back of your minds if you want to do and think about some other food, uh, other fun con- conversations you might want to have with me uh, around Spawn and me and around video games and all that kind of stuff we may be doing a, a discord again um, so I'll keep you all on point about that stuff and uh, work we're going to get about it here for this week. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the show this this week and every week. Uh, I'm a little bit rusty, as you can hear from, from the conversations today, but it always feels good to get back on the microphone and spit some hard, cold facts with all y'all at <laughs> um, So, work. we'll see you all next week. Much love. Until then, wash your hands, wash your butt, and we'll see you all next week. Much love and peace. <laughs>